The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. We're continuing the conversation on the talking point, and I've noted um, what many of you have said about uh, the taxi fares. That was my understanding, right? That was my understanding that there were a number of associations that took prices up, didn't bring them down. And of course, now you have increases that are going to add on to those already existing increases. I guess it's a matter of uh, perhaps taking the specific uh, names in terms of associations and taking them back to Santaco and asking them, well, you say um, that they've been the that the the associations that increased their prices uh, took them down. But this is, you know, the reality that is being faced by uh, members of 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 the community uh, when accessing these services. So uh, thanks to all of you, though, because I did think I, I, I had gotten the wrong end of the stick on on that one. We're talking finance with Brian Hirsch. She's just walked into studio. Do you have a new pair of glasses, Brian? I have a new pair of glasses. Oh, yes. they're very trendy, hey? Are they? Good. Yes. Well, well, you know, you must make up your mind. Last week, you didn't want me to leave. And this week, you didn't want to let me come in. <laughs> it's not my fault. Kathy, make up your mind. You know, uh, in or out. Uh, you know, our security. <laughs> I think we had a bit of trouble getting Brian in with the security guards. You know, he has to, he has to go renew. You have to go renew your credentials, eh, Brian? I've done that. I've done that. But with load shedding, the lifts aren't working. The cards aren't working. Basically, nothing is working. Yeah, every, yeah not working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, it also means that you had to experience part yeah. of it. I'm very sorry, Brian. Kathy, just a comment. While I was driving to the studio, I heard Mm. that question put by that lady about NHR. Mm -hmm. There is no final decision on NHR at all. Mm. There is discussions going on between all the players in the industry. The comment was made they would like to see something implemented by maybe the end of the year. There's not a chance anything's going to be implemented by the end of the year in terms of NHR. There's still a lot of discussion. What we did, firstly, it is important that everyone in the country has the ability to get healthcare services. We saw during COVID how the country and medical aids and private and government came together, and they will put together plans that really will not impact enormously. Members of medical aids will still continue to have medical aids. How it's going to be funded you know, with the difficulties, higher petrol prices, inflation and everything. These are all things that still have to be brought to the fore. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone at this stage, there'll be a lot of comment, a lot of discussion, a lot of warning, a lot of a lot of parties giving their comments and before they actually implement something like NHR. So, Brian, I, I heard something this morning that actually had me a little bit stressed out. And it was from uh, one of the well-known economists in this country, Iraj Abedian, who was... Uh, Uh, speaking about uh, a looming global recession in the next year, effectively saying that, well, uh, you know, the world is likely heading into a recession. South Africa, of course, will uh, get caught up in that. Uh, and and I just found myself thinking, well, what must we do? What does the world facing another recession mean for me as 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 a consumer, as as a member of 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 this country, or as as, as a citizen rather of, of this country? And what should I be doing now 
um, to to make sure that I am well equipped for what lies ahead. Well, I don't want to complicate, and I certainly don't want to stand on the toes of economists. But let's understand: South Africa has been in a recession. We've had recessionary periods. Every part of the world, every economy has been in recession over the years. It's not the it's not the be all and end all. What it means is that people stop spending. And people stop spending because they don't have money. But no, people, it doesn't mean loss of jobs. It doesn't mean that people are not going to be able to afford to carry on what they're doing. The difficulties everyone's having at the moment will continue. Higher prices, petrol price going up again, mm. all those things. It just means that the economies are not growing. Uh, and that's what they look for. I mean, in the U.S., they look for growth in the order of somewhere about 2 to 3%. We, we need in our economy to create jobs. We need growth of anything up, upwards of 3%, which means the economy is growing, which means they need to have more people working. So not to, it's, it's not as if we're going into a 1929 complete uh, a recession where if there were no jobs and people were standing in queues. Yes, we have our problems in South Africa, which will continue. But but America is doing everything in its power to do two things. One is bring down inflation because inflation causes prices to rise. They're hoping not to go into recession. Most 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 analysts believe they will they will have, they will not be able to avoid it, which means there will be less growth. But they'll come out of it. They, we came out of COVID. We'll come out of recession. It's not going to affect to the degree that people may be getting paranoid and, and absolutely petrified in terms of that word recession. You know, if you if you grow 0.1 percent a year, mm-hmm. it's pathetic. But you're not in recession. And if you if you show a minus 0.1, you're in recession. The difference is not that great. Uh, so I think people, I think all these words, these are very much economic words, very, and they mean a lot to the economy because we need growth to create jobs. But it doesn't mean that companies are going to start retrenching and doing everything. Every company is sitting thinking to themselves, how do we avoid our business going down? How do we keep our business going forward? How, what do we have to do to, to get bigger market share? That's what global companies are thinking about. They're not thinking about load shedding. They're not thinking. Everything they're doing is how do they grow their business? What do they have to do? But if they, if they, if for a time, and then if we go into recession and people have got less money, less increase. I mentioned on radio three weeks ago when interest rates go went up. I thought this was disastrous, not because we wanted to protect against inflation, but individuals are going to have less in their pocket and they're going to want more and they're going to be strikes. And we're mm-hmm. seeing the demands being made: seven, right. ten, twelve, fifteen percent demands for salary increases, which companies can't afford because they're not showing that growth, amount of growth in their business. Right. But NHI and recession is something really, uh, it, it affects everyone, but we're there. We, everyone's feeling it. All right. We're going to continue with this conversation after this quick break. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, we continue talking finance with Brian Hirsch. You know, uh, Brian, I I, I absolutely want to believe what you're saying about uh, where we are in the state of, in particular, jobs. But I can't help but think when I look at um, the increasing cost of, of fuel and of food prices and what the small and medium, you know, business players are saying to us just to be able to keep afloat the additional costs they have to be putting into their businesses um and the fact that they're now having to make the tough choices you know do i have do i run a run run a generator all day or do i uh, keep 
one or two other people in employment. And unfortunately, you know, the the answer is that some some people are are, are losing jobs, and that that is likely to continue. Yeah, as it's happened over the last three to four years, mm. it's not all of a sudden because we may be in recession that there's going to be an enormous amount of jobs lost. That, that's the point I'm making. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying a recession is good. I'm just making a point that to the average person, you, the recession means very simply. Difficulty to get a job, but we, we've got difficulties to get a job now, and the cost of living is going up. You mentioned the cost of living of fuel, and what else? And 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 what else? What you said? Fuel. Uh, food prices. Food prices. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you what's even more disastrous, is 99% of South Africans, working South Africans, have debt. I mean, a million, million rand, million and a half rand of debt is not. It's Probably healthy debt. You need you, a motor car today is three to four hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Who can go and buy a small car for three to four hundred without taking finance? Who can buy a home for less than eight hundred to a million rand without taking finance? So you've got that debt. Interest rates are rising, and that interest rate rise means you're going to be paying more for your debt. So. You talk about fuel, yes, you talk about, you can control your fuel, you talk about food, well, difficult to control, but you can control your food. You can't control rising prices when you've got to pay more for your HP on your car or finance or for your bond. You've got to pay those amounts. So on the one hand, you've got food food prices and fuel and all the other living expenses that are rising with inflation. And I don't believe five and a half or six and a half percent is a lot higher. And then on the other hand, you've got debt cost. So those are all coming out of your package. But it doesn't mean you're going to lose your job because, because we're going into recession. Mm. Uh, the companies will do everything in their power to keep employment employment at the level what it does mean all the promises and all the hope and all the the foreign investment in South Africa who overseas now would invest in South Africa when you can't guarantee electricity who would open a factory and employ 400 people and you now want to manufacture and you can't even guarantee that you can keep the lights on I mean foreigners when they're looking to invest they look at all these aspects they don't really always look at what's happening with fuel costs and what's happening uh, with um, with food prices but they certainly look at can we can we run a business can we afford to keep our factories going our lights on mm. run our business all the small entrepreneurs who can't afford um, um, generators and all these things how do they operate how do they operate eight to eight to ten hours a day i mean food stuffs go off i mean what are people it, 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 those are the uh, the the consequential uh, issues that come from this but uh, you know nhr is not going to be another burden on you on it's not going to be more money coming into your package at this stage certainly we cannot even think about it while we need to think about the moral the morality of everyone having healthcare services and everyone having access to healthcare absolutely correct but there's a time and place mm. look I, I i don't want us to get into that debate because <laughs> there'll there'll be differing views right very much so. there'll be very different differing views on when the right time to get into to the NHI actually is, and and I, I was I saw some interesting research on on various countries and when they chose to get into NHI, and some of them actually at the height of recession, post recession, post World War. Um, so you know the argument really is that there is no great time to get into um, the NHI for any country, but that's a debate that we're going to put on pause for today, Brian. 
um, you wanted us to talk about uh, saving for retirement and really the point is starting as soon as possible. Again, looks like one of those conversations that uh, we would like to put off. But we know at a time like this, where the economy is going through such difficulties, it's also pensioners that are worst affected by where we are. And the experience that many pensioners are having today is really based on what they were able to do when they had the opportunity. Well, well, well let me just briefly mention what I would like to do. I've, I do this normally every year. Mm-hmm. What I would like to do is I would like to, over a three-week period to talk about the different aspects about retirement. The first aspect to talk about is where are you in your retirement planning? How, 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 where are you? The second aspect is how do you work out ultimately where you are and what you're still going to have to do How does that correlate to what you're going to need at retirement? And my third segment is I have a formula, which is very popular, and thousands of people have had it. How do you actually do that calculation yourself? But I want to comment on, uh, I had had, uh, Mavongo Lukumani with me on television last night. She's the pension fund adjudicator. And the pension fund adjudicator is there to deal with complaints. I want to want to deal with one aspect which has been on everyone's mind right from the beginning of this year mm-hmm. is when will you be able and will you be able to borrow on your pension funds? People are struggling and they're not able to. The only time you can borrow on a pension or provident fund is if it's for housing. And this was her comment to me last night. The bill is currently being considered. And the reason the bill is being considered is not because it won't have a major impact on people at retirement, but there are so many people who have left employment and and transferred money to preservation funds, not realizing that when they left employment, they took a withdrawal, and now they are locked into these preservation funds, Mm -hmm. which means the money you'd saved in your retirement fund, you had preserved, which is the correct thing to do, but you can't get access to it because you already made one withdrawal. You're only allowed one withdrawal before retirement. She made the comment that that's one of the reasons people have got monies locked in and they didn't realize at the time it was badly explained, they didn't understand. Two, people who have started retirement annuities. Uh, As you know, retirement annuity, you can't cash in till you're age 55 unless it's below 15,000 rand. Uh, Over 55, there's other uh, limits. And a lot of people have made retirement annuities paid up. They couldn't afford them any longer. They lost their jobs. They They couldn't afford the contribution. Now they've got money locked up in their retirement annuities that have to stay there till retirement. Mm. So they can't afford to live. They don't have jobs, and they've got this money sitting within the insurance company. It's not the insurance company's job. They can't can't circumvent the Pensions Act and money that's coming out from there. And then, obviously, people who are working, who are struggling. We've spoken about the cost of living, the difficulty for everyone to to make ends meet, the ability to take some of their money out now, although it'll have an impact in years to come, but take money out now to help them do things better. Now, these are people who are working, who can put food on the table. So that is really some just encouraging news of why, what, because I've always said, terrible to allow people to take money out of their retirement. What's going to happen at retirement? 
she made the point very clearly that uh, it's it's also about today and, right. and, and, and making making giving giving some opportunity today. So what I think we'll do is from next week, I'd like to start on the three week segment, if that's okay with you. On one, how much have you got for? Have you, how much? Where are you into a retirement plan? Two, how much will you need? And three, a formula that helps you each calculate where you are. All right, Brad, we'll have a chance to wrap up after the latest ten thirteen news headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, so Brian, I know we're almost at the end of our time limit for today. So what we'll do then is that we'll kick off from next week and uh, talk then about the three different stages you want us to touch on when planning for retirement, seeing where we are with our retirement cycle and also working on that formula. Yes, and if people could, if our listeners could bring paper, pen and paper, make some notes because I think you'll find it very valuable. Everyone somewhere in the chain, all those working mm. now, I've got a pension or problem funds or retirement or endowment policies or unit trust, whatever the case may be. I'm going to talk about that. The second week, I'm going to talk about calculating what you think you'll need at retirement because remember, at retirement, you should have less debt all your debt should be paid off and you you can and you shouldn't have educational costs and a whole lot of other things should be for your plate and then how do you correlate you've now got amount of money you've now got income you need how do you do the formula to see where you are all right fantastic brian hirsch that's where we'll leave it for today and i'm so sorry hopefully next week you won't have any problems getting in Next week you lock me out. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> lock out. You are you going to protest? Yeah, lock out's a big, big, you know, labour issue. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big labour issue. He says, "All right, Brian, I will consider myself warned." Uh, Brian Hirsch there. So we'll have more from Brian um, next week, and as as you heard from him, we'll then focus on uh, retirement planning over the next three weeks.